0: Uh, you're listening to The Hoist on Sin, and today I'm joined by Jack, Seamus, and Ella. How are you all going? Good, very thank you. Goodly. Very well, thank, thank you. you. Good. Thanks for coming in. Uh, congrats on your new album release. Make You You came out like a month ago now?
1: I think so, a yeah, month ago. Very Thanks cool. for having us on. So, um, of course. Um, and thank you for the congratulations.
0: No worries. <laughs> How does it feel to sort of have it out in the world?
1: Uh, I think it feels like pretty... Pretty amazing, really. This is probably like about three years in the making. This album. Wow. There was a few, a few things happened in the last few years, which delayed a couple of things. Sure. Um, so there's some very old songs, and you know, songs that we have been playing for a long time, and really wanting to just like share with people. Sure. And have out like in the world. So getting them out is like a kind of a big weight off the back. Totally.
2: I, I feel like when you release something, it's like almost going through the process of grieving or something. You go yeah. through all the stages of, like, loving it and hating it, and I don't know. I feel comfortable with it now, at least.
0: Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah. it's
3: great. Some of it's so old that my housemate the other day listened to the album and she's like, wait, this is only just out now. Like, <laughs> yeah. I've heard these songs yeah. played about yeah. 17 times. Yeah, it's so good. And she never comes to gigs. So.
0: Yeah. yeah. I remember listening to it and, um, yeah, hearing art parts of art again, and I was sort of like, yeah, this must be, like, old archive sort of yeah. stuff. Really cool. So yeah,
2: good. that's the only song that got revisited, but yeah. it kind of felt like a new thing with the band yeah. it, so that was fun.
0: Yeah, so good. It was really well done. Um, it's such a consistent, like, really well-rounded 12-track album. It's, like, full of classic film or sort of playfulness and nostalgia, but there's also, like, a bit of experimentation in it, uh, like, new stuff. I wondered maybe what you wanted to do, like, differently with this one um, in comparison to other EPs and stuff.
1: I think, like, the first main difference was a lot of the other eps were not recorded like with the full live band cuz we got like six piece band for the last couple of years but like yeah through the pandemic we put out an ep but that was all kind of bedroom stuff and then before that like the eps we put out were more um just me and jack or with a little bit of help so we kind of just wanted something where we could actually utilize like all of the cool musicians that we have playing in the band Yeah, great. um so that was like the probably one of the first things Mm. and then so we got to like record maybe half the songs like live which is good and then there was probably the other half that was more that kind of bedroom recording layering it up kind of thing but just like yeah having the the power of like adding some violin and some saxophone and some keys and backup vocals when we wanted to stuff that me and jack never could do back in the days. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, a really diverse range of instruments as well. Um, I sort of wondered what was the most fun to sort of incorporate.
2: I feel like, well, and maybe Ella could talk about this, but the first track on the album, um, Half Between, has got like an almost kind of orchestral thing at the end. Which was pretty incredible. I don't know how many instruments are going on in in that section, Allah, at the end of that song.
3: It's only three instruments. Oh, okay. But but I do, I don't know how much listeners know about like audio engineering, but I have an eight track door at home. And so I had to like bounce down multiple files because I had about, I reckon, 10, 12 tracks going on just with the violin, clarinet, and saxophone.
1: All together. It's just you have the, like, the limited like, free software. Yeah, organ. the so limited you can't, free software. You, can't go, <laughs> you actually can't go infinity. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes a bit of enforced restraint is, yeah. Yeah. is good. Yeah. It's probably something that uh, we value. You know? sure. Yeah, that was the only <laughs> one I didn't
3: enforce restraint on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but that's amazing that it sounds like it's so much more with mm. just three instruments. Like, that's very yeah. impressive. That, yeah. was,
3: that was a fun one, too, because... If you listen to the previous EP, there is a track called Ella is learning the clarinet. Yes. <laughs> if you listen to Half Between, it's still a very, like very much a case of Ella is learning the clarinet. But it's it was Ella fun says though.
2: learning though, like a lot of us are still, me and Sam is still learning to play guitar. If is still learning how to play the clarinet. No, I literally, reckon.
3: like it was, it was fun though. Like it was fun to mm. try to figure out what notes to play and, and everything and put that all together.
0: Yeah, it's brilliant. That's so great. And I guess as well, I mean, if it's spend over three years, were there any strong inspirations uh, for this album itself?
1: I feel like, well, it probably changed for each of us, but definitely I feel like some of the older tracks is very much like the go-betweens and Paul Kelly, that kind of Australian rock that was probably the first kind of music that we were really into making together and we still really are into making it and listening to it. But then there's, yeah, then there's like a lot of things which kind of in our minds connect to that, but it also very different, like... I guess jacks into a lot more maybe like dancey kind of music and mm. electronic stuff.
2: Yeah, I think I, I feel like it can be confused maybe for the listener. I don't know. But in my brain, it kind of makes sense. And I feel like when we all play it and start singing together and playing on it, it, it makes a lot of sense in my brain. Yeah. Makey sensey, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of why the album was named Makey sense in my brain is because it's like making sense of lots of different genres and styles and things and yeah. putting it through our own kind of – Fillmore lens or something.
3: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's sort of funny, like, a lot of the tracks that have come out on the album have a very different live version to what's ended up being very drum machiney and sort of electronic Mm -hmm. on the album. Um, So that's, yeah, a fun sort of difference to to notice when you come to a gig or... you ever hear us play it live.
0: Yeah, sick. So good. I mean, it's really cool how it starts off in quite a beautiful, slow track. It sort of ends with a a more solemn one as well. Um, And Jonathan Pidgeman is just a kind of sad, funny track. I wonder if there was any person who was an inspiration for that, if you can elaborate.
2: Jonathan Pidgeman? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that song is about a lot of things, I guess. It's about a pigeon that actually was in my yard. Oh, wow. That was... Always wow. going to the bathroom in Grounded my yard
3: in and then
2: but then I guess it's also a song about looking to the future, you know partners want to get dogs and People want to get together. I don't know. There's lots of different things going on in that song. Yeah. I don't know. I never thought it was sad. Maybe. Yeah, I
1: didn't didn't
2: hear it. Maybe it's melancholy, (laughs) melancholy, maybe. Probably. Yeah. But who who knows how to describe melancholy? I don't know. (laughs) Still trying to figure that out. (laughs) It (laughs) spoke to
0: an inner part of me that was sad, maybe. that's uh, all right. Pigeons. We hope you're all right.
1: I don't (laughs) know know if you were maybe alluding to the fact it sounds like Jonathan Richmond in the name of the song. No, uh, uh, no. Well, that's a. that was kind of why I thought it'd be funny to call it Jonathan Pidgeman because he's one of our – Jonathan Richmond's one of our favourite songwriters and he's renowned for writing quite silly but also melancholic songs, I think. I so.
3: can't say it as sad at, at yeah. all because, like, we had a bit of a crazy time recording all the backing vocals and, like, at mm. the end, it's just got us making pigeon noises yeah. into the very microphone. Very convincing yeah. ones too. Thank you very much. I yeah. was very proud of that. Um, uh, yeah, I thought we did very well there. But we just had this, like – track of jack you know playing guitar and singing and that was pretty much it mm. and we just went ham on all the vocals and stuff yeah. and just added layers and layers and layers and had a great time with it so yeah yeah definitely oh, i think of it as
1: a, as a fun song for sure and that's why i was so happy having it at the end because there's a bit of melancholic kind of stuff going on throughout the record so it was really nice to finish on a, a bit of a lighter silly note sure. i feel like we've always tried to Not take ourselves too seriously, but you know sometimes you get you get caught in that a little bit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Well, now I have a new perspective on. I guess, like I've been listening to a lot of like Flower Truck this year as well. I feel like you guys sort of fall into that really great. Aussie genre of just being able to talk about stuff that kind of sucks in a good way, in a fun way. And I think that really speaks to an audience, like talking about how you're never going to own a home, uh, all that kind of thing. Um, I guess I sort of wondered, is there a sort of cathartic element to singing about these songs in this kind of way and maybe what your writing processes are around that sort of thing?
2: Yeah, I think definitely. I mean, there's just so many great Australian artists, you know, Courtney Barnett. Paul Kelly, Jen Cloa, like, go-betweens. There's so many... There's such a, like, a, a lineage of Australian artists who write about this type of stuff. So I feel like it kind of just made sense for us to write about it. Um, and, yeah, it's quite cathartic, definitely. It, the There's one song that we're actually going to play for you guys or play for the show soon and that mentions about, like, I haven't figured out any other cathartic exercises except singing songs, so... It's, it can be, I think it's good to be obvious sometimes and it's good to tie things up in acronyms. Is that the right description
1: yeah. or maybe not acronyms, but I'm getting my NIMS confused. You don't want to hear Jack's acronyms. Just, just saying one letter of each bar and you just have to fill it out for
0: yourself. Um, yeah, totally. It's so great. Um, and I think, like, it's – I've been to a couple of your gigs now, into the old bar one as well, and it's kind of – it's something great about seeing a room of people, like, going nuts to songs like that. I don't know. It must be pretty good being up on stage as well, I would imagine.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. I love playing with these guys. I'm so glad I get to.
0: How would you sort of say, like, playing as a band has evolved over the last – like, now that you're finally back, like, you've got a few more people in it, um, playing as, like, a six-piece as opposed to a two-piece band –
1: yeah, it's been like a pretty pretty fun evolution like, since me and Jack just played together because we're brothers, um, played together throughout our childhoods. And then um, when I moved to Melbourne, Jack had already been here for a couple of years and we just started doing like shows with just the two of us. And then one of the first shows we played with was with our friend James. Um, he just like played before us and then he joined the band. And then our other friend James joined the band. And then uh, Kat moved up from Apollo Bay, um, who also grew up with us she joined the band, then Alan moved up, she joined the band, so it was just like literally one at a time, until we became like, yeah, six-piece, and now uh, James, who was playing the bass, is quite busy playing with Delivery, um, so he's kind of stepped back a bit, and uh, the friend Zach has kind of just come in, um, but now James is going to join us for the show because he played on the album, so we're going to be the seven-piece for the first time, so it's kind of just like, it's really fun just having like a nice revolving cast and it's a good excuse just to hang out with your mates.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. Yeah, it's if great. nothing else.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it, like the energy of it, that you're all so familiar with each other, like translate on stage and through the music, like it's, yeah, it's very special. I can't help but chat about the Apollo Bay experience at Winter Wild because that was part of a bigger like hometown tour extravaganza um, with a couple of other bands. Being from like a coastal town, what was that experience like going around to regional places?
2: Yeah, that was really fun. That was uh, set up by Jaden, who runs a Lockhart Festival, which is a great music festival from down that way. Probably one of the best down there, um, along with like Winter Wild. So, yeah, it was it was really fun to play in some regional towns, and I think playing in regional spots is like super important. Because when me and Seamus and Aloe were all growing up, we were like fortunate enough to have the Apollo Bay Music Festival, um, which had just had heaps of great music at it. Um, and now that's not going on, but there's yeah Winter Wild going on down there. So, I think regional people they actually they appreciate music so much and like we often sell a lot of merch and like have the best gigs in regional towns cuz people aren't yeah i don't know they're just very down to earth and chill. It's not a... um a
0: spoiled here in Melbourne. Yeah.
2: <laughs> spoiled for choice.
0: Totally. There's like way too much going on up here, I feel. Mm. Um, I'm from Geelong originally, so like, yeah, I took my parents to Winter Wild with like all my mates as well. And it was just like, yeah, the people there just appreciate it like tenfold. And yeah, I was telling these guys before that um, when I was there, the tent was commanded by the film was that <laughs> eve. Yeah, I guess uh, rounding out the interview, what's next for you guys? I know you've just done a debut album, probably... Just gonna chill out for a bit, but
1: well, yeah, we've we've got this album launch on Friday, which is definitely the next the next thing on our minds, which is really really exciting. Playing with our friends, um, Mama Canush and Cosmetica, who are both like yeah, very good bands. are excited to watch. Um, but then after that, like we're all kind of a bit busy over summer. Me and Allah are both going to meet to Polar Bay, but hopefully we'll try and do one or two shows over summer. Definitely one back in Melbourne. At the start of next year, but then Jack is kind of sailing off to. Yes, we might, we may have a brief
2: uh, hiatus for a little bit, but we're hoping to do some recording and things across the across the oceans, maybe, or at mm. least I am. Mm. So we'll see how we go. But yeah, Where get down it? to the retreat on Friday. Check it and out. Else you still can. Else yes. you still can.
0: Yes, it's gonna be very good, and we're so lucky. Ella, Seamus, and Jack are gonna play a couple of songs for us live on air. Uh,
3: we're gonna play one called "Out of the Blue" and one called "Art Two both from the record.